1: and welcome to the gastroenteritis blues. My name is Steve Lippmann. I'm here with Emily Anderson and Dan Volpone. First question to you, Emily, what is your favorite kind of breakfast?
0: Ooh. Um, I like a deserty breakfast.
1: Great.
2: Interesting.
0: So like, a like a waffle with chocolate mm-hmm. chips and strawberries or like a Nutella mm-hmm. pancake. Or something that is basically dessert masquerading as breakfast.
1: I love that. Um, Dan, do you remember what you predicted this week for the Sixers games? The the Sixers. uh, Hey, welcome to the podcast, by the way. Uh, And today we have uh, Srikar coming on the show, Sreaky Shooter. Uh, And uh, so, uh, I don't know. Um, Sixers went one and two this week. They beat Sacramento and they lost to Portland, and then they lost to the Phoenix Suns. Um, so, Dan, what did you predict this week?
2: I said that we would lose to Sacramento and beat the Blazers <laughs> and Suns, which is the exact opposite of what happened, and I think that that is fantastic. And Emily,
1: what about you?
0: I thought we would go 3-0, and so I w- was one-third right.
1: And I... <laughs> This is the first week that I think I was righter than both of you. I predicted that the Sixers would lose to Portland, beat Sacramento and lose to Phoenix, I believe. So, yeah. I am now I think in the lead, is that right?
0: That is incorrect. <laughs> However, I am in the lead with my one win this week. I have overtaken Dan for the lead at 17 and 10. So,
1: congratulations. Um <laughs> How's everyone doing? How are you guys? How was your week? I had Damn. a long week. Did you? I had a long week. I did. But
2: I interview. I had an
1: interview this week at
2: uh, with Temple.
1: I nice. love that. I love yeah. that. I'm an alumni
2: of them. I know you are. That's why. I, that's why I brought it up because I know. And you that's very why very you interviewed, right interviewed there
1: because you found out I went there. That's great.
2: <laughs> that is why I interviewed there. That is. I and said that do- actually. I said. <laughs> I said. You know. He didn't go to this part of Temple, but he went to Temple. So
1: basically, and, you know, like, that means you have to let me in. I am. I'm one of their, like, alumni they're most proud of. Because right. it used to be Cosby, mm-hmm. Bob Saget, Mark Zumoff, Steve Lipman. Cosby, gone. So you I just made top wrong. three. Exactly. So it's been a big year. Um, Emily... What did you think of the Sixers this week? Any any thoughts before Srikar comes on on the Sacramento game and the Portland game? Because we're gonna talk a lot of Phoenix Suns with Srikar.
0: Um, I thought the Kings game was really good. I really am, I like games where we're losing and then we win. Mm-hmm. Um, That's some hard hitting analysis for what happened <laughs> in that game. It's, I also really enjoy when I have to stay up late and they win the game. That also is fun. So that happened half the time this week.
1: Yeah on on when they lost to Portland it just was annoying because then you're up late they lost and you go to bed angry. It's like the Zach Clark thing when he said like this will uh, this one shot will shot. Like, depend will like uh, decide my mood. Um, yeah. Dan from the Sacramento or the Portland game did anything stick out to you?
2: I think they're both fun. Like, I was miserable to have to stay up for them because <laughs> I was, like, pretty busy this week. And I was just, like, I, I needed to be asleep. But I did make both of them. So, I, I managed to, to st- keep myself up till like, 1 in the morning or whatever it was. And, yeah, I didn't sleep as well after the loss. I slept a lot better after the win. Yeah. Um, but I thought they were, like, enjoyable games. I don't know. The, the team has you know like they're not perfect but like I'm so okay with it you know like mm-hmm. like they were fun games like the things they're bad at, is like okay like NS Cantor got a lot of offensive rebounds like okay like at least they're scoring points like last year was so miserable like I thought these games were enjo- enjoyable to like all the way through enjoyable to watch like even the parts where we blew the lead I still you know felt like we could still win it you know and I'm specifically you know it, like against Portland when we, when they, when Carmelo went off, I guess we didn't really blow a lead, but when we, when we, you oh know, gave God. up a lot of points in a row in the second half, you know, I was like, it's okay. We're still in it. And, you know, it was still high offense to the end. Like, it was just, it was fun. I'm, I'm like, I'm I'm okay with it. Like, I, I like that Embiid scoring a lot of points. I, 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 I liked, you know, the second half today was bad, but Ben is being so much more aggressive and, and he's showing, you know, he's finishing better. And it, it's just like,
1: it's nice. I, I love yeah. it. Yeah, I um, I think that one of the big storylines is they stopped, They haven't hit threes in a long time. Like, I feel like they haven't had a hot game from three in a while. Um, Which was the, bound to happen. Definitely. They and were so hot. The, the role players are, like, completely cold at this point. Like, Green hasn't had a great game in a while. Seth Curry hit some big shots the other night at Portland. Um but like all the guys off the bench are sort of struggling Um, the uh, it's tough, you know, right now, shake Milton's out. He sprained his ankle. Um, Emily, is this stuff that you think will basically normalize? Like, are you worried at all on this West coast trip? Or do you see it as more of just like regular season stuff that happens?
0: I'm not worried, but I also think it kind of shows that like we need to make some moves to like get some more shooting and kind of share up the bench. Um, obviously Shake being out hurts. And the season you're gonna go through like peaks and valleys. But I just think like, you know, tonight they had like 20 points off the bench. Like that's not gonna get you a win against a good team. Like we can't expect these, you know, Ben and Joe and Tobias to an extent like to carry a team to a win at night in and night out. Like we need they need more help. So hopefully Daryl's on the phone trying to get them that by the deadline.
1: Yeah, one of the big things that people have been talking about is like their three-point rate and how they're not attempting nearly as many threes as the teams that they're playing. So they never make more threes than the teams that they're playing. Dan, do you think that is a personnel issue, a like coaching thing, or just a sort of regular ebb and flow of the season?
2: Um, I think it's probably a combination of one and three. I'm not sure if it's a coaching issue. Uh, I think a lot of like when you talk about personnel, it's more the bench. Um, well, I mean, I, I kind of waver with, with how much I think I would blame Ben because for, for the personnel we have, Ben is very important to creating three-point looks, but -hmm. you're not going to get as many threes as when your primary ball handler is a guy who can, you know, create threes for himself. But of course we don't have anyone like that. And we have a lot of role players, especially in the starting lineup, like Green and Curry who can shoot. And for them, it's really important that Ben can get them good looks. Mm-hmm. Um I think, that, I think the bigger issue is, is the guys off the bench. Um, and, you know, we just don't really have a lot of three-point shooting off the bench. Shea can shoot, um, but he's struggling from three this year. I actually weirdly checked the numbers today, and Tobias is making as many threes per game as he did last year, which is 1.8. And he's shooting a much better percentage, but he's taking fewer. Which it is feels like that over the, the last few weeks, behavior. he
1: his his numbers of taking threes have gone way down. Like I feel like I mean, he took, he took zero
2: against Phoenix, right? Which I mean is he needs to take like this is this was a big deal last year. It's still a big deal now. He has to shoot. He has to be a floor spacer. So I mean, I think that I think that it's you know. It was. This was before today. I want to say this was before this game. I, I don't, it might have been after the game, but like, I know Bodner tweeted something that was like, the Sixers are getting outscored by seven points per game from the three point line this season.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It can't happen. Can't happen. Yeah. It.
1: Yeah. Um, Emily, to your point about personnel, I feel like in a perfect world this season, one of Green or Curry comes off the bench. You know, like you, those guys are probably getting a little bit exposed the more you play teams that are going to try hard and be at full strength and all that. Like I, I feel like the internet hates Danny green a lot, but I have been, (laughs) you know, pretty content with him on the team. I feel like he knows where to be and, but one-on-one defense, you definitely see him getting blown by a good deal. Like that happened today uh, against Phoenix. Um, So we'll see. I think that they could definitely use just like a guy with no conscience off the bench or in the starting line. It makes you think a little bit more about the, J.J. Redick thing, and I know that he's old and probably very close to being like washed, but just a guy who will get up eight threes in a game, no matter what, I think would help them. Um, you what know, do we think about the
0: Kyle Lowry thing?
1: Listen, sure, I wrote a piece about Kyle Lowry. A lot of people yelled at me. Um, I would love them to get Kyle Lowry. It's a, I don't know. Uh, yeah, lately, people I,
2: yell you either way, Steve. People, people really <laughs> yelling at me
1: lately. I don't like it at all.
2: Because um, you keep doing the Twitter, that's why. Oh, uh, it's a bad
1: move. It's a bad move. It's the it's the it's the worst job. It's not good. I said I said after the Portland game, I said that Tobias had a poor game. That's it. Um, he did, and he was he was four for thirteen. He was 0 for five from three. He was a minus fourteen in a game they lost by four. So I thought a poor game is pretty much fine. And then a guy yelled at me, and uh, and I haven't slept since. So that's really where we're at. Hey. Hey. Hello. Hey.
3: What's
1: how up? are you? Good. How are you doing? Ladies and gentlemen, Srikar is on the podcast now. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing?
3: No problem. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? How are all you doing?
1: Doing great. Did you uh, figure. Yeah, we're tired. I figure a good place to start is the game from today. Did you have any big takeaways from the Sixers and Suns game today?
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, first half, uh, I mean, throughout the whole game, really, Joel Embiid was awesome. Like this is I, I mean, obviously, I've seen him play this season, but like he's just it feels like anytime he shoots from mid range, it's automatic now. And like in the past, anytime he shot from mid range, I'd be like, Oh, that's a win for the other team. Um, so obviously like this is, I'm not the first one saying this, it's an obvious takeaway, but like, that's, that's gotta feel awesome for you guys. I'm sure. Like that leap it, it does. Uh, inefficiency. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that, that was my big like Sixers takeaway. Um, and then, uh, on the Sun side, obviously it was, it was a good win. Uh, it's, they've put together a few few good solid wins now in a row uh, uh uh over Milwaukee last game and then uh Philly today um so it feels good i think the suns are like clicking uh at a at a good time they're getting healthy um dario had a, had a had a great game and his first game back i'm sure i'm sure that didn't feel quite as good for you guys but uh it, you're it actually so nice right personally i loved it i i thought it was okay. a lot of fun
1: uh, just just that that particular part of it that was actually Six of
3: fans love him yeah
1: we love him that's actually a good place to start we wanted to ask you how is dario doing um basketball wise and also emotionally and spiritually how is he
3: i think he's good so uh i think a lot of last season after he got traded to the suns he uh he was he was pretty good but still you know in that same zone that he was in and um maybe a little better but uh than minnesota but uh kind of still a little bit unsure of like what what his future was um and then it all really clicked in the bubble uh when obviously a lot of things clicked for the sons in the bubble they went eight now but mm-hmm. dario was like had his entire role was backup five backup to DeAndre uh, and he would come in and like he would play make he would he would rebound he would defend he was the he was the biggest on the floor and it just clicked like everything was working well and he was a huge boost. Um, and do you guys survive? Knew...
1: Do you guys survive defensively on those lineups with him
3: at center? Surprisingly, yeah. The net rating is like ridiculously great. Um, and and I think it's because he's just a smart player. Like he knows Ooh. what his limitations are. Like he's. <laughs> which is why he pump bakes like five times before he attempts (laughs) to lay up at the rim because he knows it's going to get blocked if he doesn't. Um, And on the defensive side, it's similar. Like he knows he's not going to block people, but he's just a smart positional defender. So I love him honestly. And I, and I totally get why all you guys loved him when he was on your team. That's great.
0: Yeah. So I think the answer to this question is no, because it's painful, but do we have to talk about the Zaire Smith, Mikhail Bridges trade? I think we can just like bypass it. I don't. (laughs) <laughs> or what are your thoughts I'm
3: on it? I'm happy to talk about it.
0: I figured.
1: What do you wanted at the time? <laughs> Me too. Me too. I was so sure. Does now his mom work for one? the Does his mom work for the Suns now? Does anybody know where his mom works?
3: <laughs> because that was I don't a big think deal. She works for the Suns. Okay,
1: that was that night. Sure it was like, he went to Villanova. His mom works for the team. What a great thing! And ten minutes later, it was like, take off the hat. It, you're not. You're gone. I know. That's, you're that gone. was the
3: worst part too. He put on the hat. Uh, like,
2: always worse when they have to put on the hat
3: yeah now that image sort of exists uh forever with him <laughs> and he's so hat.
2: good
1: he's so good
3: he's yeah. a perfect uh modern nda wing he's he's
1: awesome for like the four minutes that you thought you guys drafted Zaire smith were you
3: excited about him <laughs> honestly i have no idea what uh <laughs> what i was thinking at the time i think yeah. i was still reeling from that was also the draft where we took DeAndre Ayton number 1, right? So I think that oh. kind of <laughs> I was I think most Suns fans were still sort of in that zone on about that. I was I was a Luka guy from day 1. Uh I think Ayton's a good player, but obviously I think like everyone knows now that like Luka should have got number 1. But mm-hmm. um yeah, so I think most people were still focused on that when the when that trade happened.
2: Yeah. So I wanted to, I wanted to ask you kind of like taking a step aside from from some basketball stuff earlier this year you were doing some twitter philanthropy you were um giving away some money and i was hoping you could talk a little bit about that because i thought that was awesome um and you know tell a little bit about that and then if you like if you heard from anyone who you know was able to put that to a great use you know i'd love to hear about that
3: yeah um yeah no thank you for asking about that uh i i think it, we've done this once or twice i would say over the last year and it was this was i think the one you're talking about is the i think the last day of the year uh of 2020 and it just uh i think it was just a mix of you know we have we nba twitter can be a, a shitty place sorry if i'm not supposed to swear on this podcast no we swear no. all the time you're good. all good. right good thank you good to know uh but uh you know it, it gets a lot of shit for you know, all the trolling and random arguments that, that are unimportant in the large scheme of things that, you know, we all contribute to. Yeah. Uh, but it's also a community. And I think, like, there's, there's good stuff on there. There's good people on there. And I think, like, it was last day of the year I wanted to sort of end a, a really, you know, shitty year with... Yeah. with um with something positive to look forward to heading into 2021 and i think uh it's a mix of just like you know feeling gratitude for things and then knowing that you know there's people out there that had a worse year than uh than me and then and 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 you know a lot of people so uh anyway i i think it was just like uh you know, let's put some good vibes out there heading into 2021 and help some people out and i think the nicest thing about that was that there were so many people who like joined in and were like hey man like i'd love to uh put some money into this fund like hmm. uh if there's anyone who needs it ma- uh, match with them so it started as like you know I'll, I'll let's donate some money to some people but and then ended as like with me ending ending up matching like dozens and dozens of random strangers who are like oh i want to contribute to this with other random strangers who, who were, were in need of the money so i think like that's the power of of uh even a silly community like nba twitter um and yeah it was good to sort of end the year like that and i want to i want to sort of bring that back at some point Um yeah this year as well uh, I think people are always sort of in need and it's good to help people out. That's yeah, great.
2: Sure, that's awesome. Um,
3: as uh, as Sixers fans I feel
1: like on some level with Suns fans they're sort of kindred spirits. Uh, we went through the process and then we got good enough that the games mattered and that's sort of a double-edged sword because when you expect them to win every night, it, it it can be like less enjoyable night to night to watch. What has your experience been like going from, I guess, at one point hoping that they do lose to like, now you want them to win every single game. What's it like for you?
3: Yeah, it's, that's a great question. I'm sure you can relate relate to this, but uh, I think like, there was one point, I, I think after the 2018 draft, uh, where they drafted Deion Rayton, they got the number one pick. Got in, they got Mikhail Bridges and they were like, all right, we have the young core around Booker. Um, let's win some games. And that following season, they were also one of the worst teams in the NBA. They just, they were just young and really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think like that's when most Suns fans were like, all right, we can't keep losing. Like you have a young core, you gotta start winning, you gotta make moves, even if it's like to mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think that's why most most fans were on board with like signing an average sort, sort of starting point guard like Ricky Rubio, who really helped the team a lot. Uh, just just become respectable. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think last year, even though they weren't a great team, uh, I think it was a big step up to becoming a good team. And I think like this year, Chris Paul sort of wanting to play with Booker wouldn't have happened if they didn't you know become an okay team a year ago. So. I think I've, I've, a lot of people will sort of overlook that in between period of like, either you're really bad and get really good players through the draft, or you have to be really good and be a championship contender. Like right. it's hard to just go from one to the other. Um, and I, you need those steps sometimes, especially when you're an organization that doesn't have a history of like making a lot of good decisions. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's been great to see obviously this year, um, all the, the wins and the quality of basketball that we're seeing, but, uh, it's, I'm not going to lie, it's like a lot more stress on a day-to-day basis. Like I used yeah. to not give a shit what happened in a game, right? Like right. you just want to see some players do nice things. But now it's like I lose sleep over like an overtime, back-to-back overtime losses to the Nuggets. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to regret mm-hmm. those. So yep. it's, a, it's a luxury, but uh, it's a, it's a nice um, stress to have. For sure. sure.
2: So, I wanted to ask you about Monty Williams. Monty Williams was, you know, spent a year as an assistant with the Sixers, and the Suns kind of had a period where, you know, they still haven't had a coach last for, you know, two full seasons in a while. Earl, Earl Watson didn't. Jay Triano, I think, was just an interim, and Kokoskov only lasted one year. So, Monty Williams should be, you know, the first in the last four coaches to finally make it for his second full season this year. Do Suns fans are, are, I mean, I'm guessing that they they like him a lot because the team's playing better. But what are your thoughts on him?
3: Yeah, I I think he's he's awesome. I mean, as on a on a at a personal level, I think it's just hard for anyone to dislike Monty Williams. Um, he just seems like an incredible dude, and like I respect the hell out of him. Uh, and and then then on the court, I think the biggest thing he provides is sort of um, stability and like a, a system for players to buy into, like a program. Uh, and I think, like, players respect him, and that, that translates to the court. I, at one point, I think Devin Booker had, like, five coaches in four years um, that ended with Monty Williams. So, like, I think stability is really important, especially uh, as a young player. So, uh, I, you know, I don't always agree with all of his X's and O's on his rotations, but I think I trust him in general to, like, over the long run to make the right sort of decisions with, with his players and coach them in the right way.
0: So here we are very invested in all-star voting. Um, I tried to make it my personal mission to take down the oh. NBA and their way they count votes and I failed. Um, so we're wondering how many all-stars do you think the Sun should have? But if they can only have one, who should it be?
3: Yeah, uh, that's a tough question. I mean, some of this is going to come from a place of bias, obviously, but like two is what I think they should have. That being said, I mean, and the two are Booker and Chris Paul. Um, That being said, it's hard for, you know, multiple teams to have multiple all-stars. There's so many good players now. It's really hard. Um, And I don't think they'll have two. They'll probably end up having one. And I think that will probably end up being Booker. Um, Up until maybe like one or two games ago, Chris Paul was definitely, I think, playing better than Booker, especially compared to their standards, uh, what what the expectations coming into the season, and, like, Booker averaging 30 in the bubble and all of those expectations heading in uh, after that. Um, Booker kind of was underperforming to start the season as both of those dudes were, like, trying to figure out how to play with each other. Uh, But it's definitely changed over the last few games, and, like, we're back to seeing, you know, Devin Booker become – be Devin Booker uh, that he was last year. Um, So I expect that he'll end up, you know – end the season as, like, the number one guy in the Suns, which is why I think, like, he, he'll probably uh, deserve it. And I, I would think Chris Paul would also agree with that.
0: That's a really good segue into our next question. So, and probably the most important question of the night. Is Devin Booker dating Kendall Jenner? Have they been to any local Phoenix-area malls lately? <laughs> and what can you tell us about that? Anything? Uh,
3: I can answer the first question. Yes, they are dating. Um, I, I think that's official now. Uh, I have no idea where they've been together in the Phoenix area. Um, or I, hopefully they're not, they've not been going around to a lot of public places like malls, but, uh, during the pandemic, but, um, yeah, I, 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 it seems like they're going well. They occasionally, they like post each other on their Instagrams and whatnot. So, uh, I hope, I hope it works out. I mean, I'm sure you guys, uh, or uh, familiar with a little bit of following kendall jenner's um dating history so yeah yeah was i'd awesome. like to oh, sorry
2: go ahead
0: i was just saying it was well documented uh ben and kendall went to the cherry hill mall to look at appliances this was pre-covid really? but yeah they were at the cherry hill mall um they were they went to a drexel basketball game they went ice skating <laughs> so it's fun to it was fun to kendall spot around philadelphia for a while
3: that is yeah. that is pretty fun. Well, the Suns are starting a lot more fans now, unfortunately, in, in the arena. So like maybe Kennel will show up courtside one of these games. Who knows?
0: If you get a Kenny jersey. I think that's what her Sixers jersey said. It said like Kenny right here on the front. I know oh way too God. much about this. It's very
3: embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I want yeah, to follow I, up. I mean on that. uh go like, ahead.
2: I would just I would just wanna are people weird about it? Because people here were weird about it. Like I thought it was nice she came to all his games, like he seemed to have a good thing. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, she's going to distract him. It's like,
3: relax. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think people are always weird when it comes to stuff like that. They, they, you know, people love to throw around, you know, one bad game and you will inevitably see these, oh, Kardashian curse, uh, Jenner curse. (laughs) Like, come on, he, he, he just missed some shots. Like, calm down. <laughs> Stop trying to blame a completely random person for this. <laughs> um, so that, that definitely happened, especially because Booker started the year a little bit slow compared to his standards. Right. I saw that quite a bit, but I don't think uh, people are going to be blaming Kendall Jenner f- for uh, his last few games.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One thing that we do on this podcast is we uh, sort of keep track of which Sixers are best looking uh, aesthetically, and and who's the handsomest. Um, mm. I wanted to get your take as someone who's, you know, covering the team, who's the handsomest son, uh, it, now that Kelly Oubre is gone. And can we talk about Etwan more? I mean, good night, nurse. Did you guys see him today? Good looking <laughs> guy. <laughs> He's a good looking He's man. He's got a great good beard. In... Like, it's like. Well manicured. Yeah. Anyway, you run with it. Who's the best looking son?
3: Oh uh, man, um the worst. So I was all on board for the Chris Paul trade, obviously, mm-hmm. but it was definitely a downgrade in in the uh in the hotness rankings. Oh, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. The trading sure. away Ubre and Rubio. Chris Paul's a good looking mm-hmm. dude, but like you're losing Uber, let's be real. And and yeah, Rubio's uh also um I think a maybe even underrated in that regard. But um so Agreed. I don't think they're quite as uh up there in those rankings as as they were last year. Uh but i got to say um yeah i mean this year that's a that's, that's a tough question like i don't i, I know a lot of people think booker is like i think he's good looking i don't i don't think he's in the same sort of echelon as like you know these guys i was just talking about so it's a t- yeah i think like he's 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 probably up there right now in the suns um and then yeah i guess eat, mo- eat i am glad you brought up more eat one more Because like, I don't think people think about him as, as a guy. I don't think most people even know what his face looks like. (laughs) I know. I agree. Um, So he's, he's probably up there, honestly. What do you guys, any other names that come to mind on the Suns for you?
0: I would say book is the obvious one. Is there anyone deep on the bench? We're like big for the Sixers. We're big fans of Isaiah Joe. Who's like a deep bench player, Uh, but he's very handsome. Is there anyone like that for the Suns?
3: Yeah, I can't, I should have mentioned this at the beginning, but uh, Abdel Nader is, is the pick. He's Mm. the guy. He's the guy in Suns, in Suns Twitter. He's already, people are already kind of calling him uh, Egyptian Kelly, which I, for a lot of reasons it's it's good i think he's a good looking guy not quite as good looking as kelly but he also plays a similar style like he will shoot threes or drive to the rim without looking for a pass and he's like a he's like a poor man's kelly Ubre. love it he's good looking i just looked him up yeah uh, yeah I just, <laughs> yeah not as much as i
2: i've, I've long said that you know kelly Ubre is the most handsome in the nba oh, yeah. Um, I as agree. much as I love some of our Sixers, it's, it's Ubre. So uh, it is a loss, but yeah, ha- handsome man there.
3: Um, On the Sixers, uh, who's the guy now? I mean, yeah, I want to hear from you.
2: Yeah, well, uh, beginning of the season, when we did it, we, so we did a compiled rankings. We all ranked <laughs> all the Sixers and typically put it. it together. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Emily averaged to. them. And I think, did Ben come out at number one?
1: Ben was. But then,
2: but so I had Joe number one, and I think you guys kind of changed your mind and started putting Joe higher. I don't know where you guys stand now.
1: Yeah, I don't, don't know. Um, let me think. Um, I know that Dwight Howard is a very good looking man, but he's sort of a weirdo. So he loses some <laughs> he's sort of... It's hard, to, it's
3: hard to put his personality. Um, exactly.
1: I know. People don't know how to rank him. Um, <laughs> who else? Uh,
0: and we really Matisse like Tyrese Maxey's smile. Oh, Matisse really really yeah, is
3: a good looking guy. Shake Milton I mean, is an attractive really man. Tobias yeah, is handsome. A yeah. Yeah.
0: Like
2: even to, Tobias, he's got he's got nice eyes. Like Tobias yeah, is very no, they handsome. are a good looking
3: team, and th- I think they're another. You, uh, the Sixers is another team that like got better basketball wise, but maybe got a little bit hotter. I mean, less hot. Uh yeah, after the Hor-
2: Horford had like, Horford. Horford had those <laughs> eyes, you
3: know? Really? And then yeah. The
0: skin. Horford has great
1: skin and the oh, chocolate yeah, milk. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, he, yeah. he chocolate milk. Horford is uh, he, he's he's attractive, but you watch him play, and it, it's a not really an aphrodisiac so (laughs) he he sort of fell down the rankings last season but he is a good looking man that's fair that's fair all right so i know you were talking
2: sixers like probably still 2020 but i know on twitter you were talking a lot about we got to get hardened to philly um obviously that didn't happen but you know as a as a western conference you know out, you know, outside opinion looking in on on Sixers in the East. What are your what are your general thoughts? What do you think?
3: Yeah, I, I was I was all on board uh, for Harden to Philly. I think that's where I wanted him to go the most. Um, and I think I don't really have a great reason for it other than I I felt a kind of kindred spirit with the Sixers for some reason for for a couple of years. Um, maybe it was like we were both we both started you know. Tanking around the same time, the the Suns and the Sixers, uh, and the Sixers obviously made out much better, I think, through their process than than the Suns did at least for a while. Um, But yeah, I really, I really love Joel Embiid. I think he's an awesome player, and I'm glad to see the leap he took this year. And like, I think that really solidified it, seeing his first few games, seeing like, oh, this guy's like ready to compete for a championship right now. How do you maximize him? And Ben Simmons is a great player, but like, I'm still and they're and they're playing well, obviously. But I'm still a little skeptical of like the like whether they're maximizing each other. And I would love to hear your guys' thoughts if, if you disagree with that. But like, yeah, I think Harden and Embiid would have just um, vaulted them to that to that favorite in the East spot.
2: That's been talked a lot here. I mean, um, by uh, you,
0: Dan, by you. No,
2: <laughs> not just not just about not just about Harden. You know, I was all in on Harden, but about you know Embiid and Simmons and. You know, it's really easy. Like first half today, you know, I, I was like, this is what we've wanted from Ben. You know, he had 16 points. He only had one assist, but I was like, it's fine. He's being aggressive. He's going to the rim. He's finishing well. Like, this is all I want from Ben. Defended well. He did well. And then second half, he had one field goal attempt. And it's like, I think we, you know, we need a perimeter score. And I don't, it's not like I'm like dying to get Ben out of here, but like, basically, you know, once Harden became available, my thought process had always been, you know, we need that perimeter scoring guy, you know, even now if it's not Harden and again, I'm not dying to trade Ben, especially because I'm not sure if you know, if we lose Ben to get a perimeter scorer, does losing Ben still make us, you know, because Harden is Harden, not not everyone's on that level, like I'm not sure we're a contender by losing Ben to get yeah. like a Beal who's, you know, not nowhere near Harden in my view, so um, that makes it tougher, but I, I do think like, how else are we going to get that guy? You know, we need that guy to score from the perimeter. And that's, that's been my take. Like, it's not like a trade Ben thing, but it's like, a, we have to get this player, even if it costs Ben, but that player was hard. And so right now I kind of go back and forth and I'm, yeah. I'm more, you know, without thinking about it strategically, it's like a, a fans up and down, like, oh, he had a bad half. Oh, get, get, go get Beal and, and then he <laughs> plays great. It's like, no, keep him, keep him. That's where I'm at
3: at this point. <laughs> Interesting. I'm a notorious,
0: like non, I was never a Harden person. I don't like watching him play. I don't like him as a person because I personally know him. I don't, but like just all the stuff, I'm just not, I'm not into it. I think he's bad for a locker room and I've said it on here a million times. I was never a Harden person. I'm not opposed to trading Ben for the right guy. I just never thought Harden was that guy.
1: You're also a fat suit truther.
0: Oh, I am a fat suit truther. Yeah. I think you were a fat suit in Houston.
1: Which is objectively hilarious, and I hope he did.
3: And I, and I did would have
0: liked him if we had traded for him, and he stayed fat. I would have liked it more, <laughs> but he would have taken the fat suit off, and I would have been out. So,
3: right. I kind of buy into this. Like, maybe it wasn't like an explicit fat, entire like head-to-toe fat suit, but it was like he was padding under there. I believe like many oh, yeah.
0: T-shirts, like exactly. Many <laughs> Seth Curry T-shirts underneath. Yeah.
3: yeah, for sure. Because sure. you see the literally, I think the first pregame of on the Nets, he was like. He decided to only wear one warm-up t-shirt and you could see that you know the layers were gone yeah, yeah. he's in
2: fine shape like he was
3: I think what was the game he had like
2: 41 and 17 in his first game of the season It's like he's obviously not out of shape and he's messing
1: with you like yeah it was great oh. I yeah I mean I I, I I agree I was in I was into the Harden thing too because I thought like Bennett and B Embi- or uh uh Embiid and Harden would have been the thing you know what I mean um, and I, when Dan says it, it's like there isn't right now for me a Simmons trade that makes any sense because yeah. like and Beat is about to be 27 and you need to – like the window is now. And I just don't know if you like end up getting a better offense and not better enough otherwise. So for me it's like at this point it's you keep the both of them and they've been playing well, especially together lately. And you try to see if they can anchor a defense that's good enough that you're able to get a better score alongside them to be good enough to like do it, you know? And I don't know if that exists, you know, we're going to see, I'm sure Maury's got something up his sleeve, but uh, we're going to see who do you, who would you say comes out of the East right now?
3: Uh, it's, it's hard to pick against Brooklyn. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I know it's, who knows? I think like they're, they're probably going to allow like 130 points for, to random teams the entire season. Mm-hmm. Uh but when it gets to a seven-game series, it's really hard to pick against those guys. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't I, – I, it's hard to see teams beating them four out of seven times uh, in the East, um, which is another reason I think I kind of wanted the Sixers to trade for him because it sounded like, you know, Harden was, would likely go to the East, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and whatever team ended up with Harden is, would probably take a, a leap. So, um that was a, sort of another reason why it was hoping uh, that was Philly, but um, but hey, I mean the Sixers are still number one in the East right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are.
3: So yeah. thanks knows?
2: for beating Milwaukee the Bucks. too. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, and the Bucks uh, lost. To, they lost to the Jazz, I think, the other day.
2: The Jazz are killing everyone. That I, I feel know. like that that's an L for both of both of our fan bases because it is. Like I feel like both of us have always been in like the like. Every like first of all, SLC dunk, right? Like always going after them. Like we don't want to hear any we don't I don't want to hear shit about Donovan Mitchell. And like the Suns are the same way. Like they don't want to hear that Mitchell's better than Booker. Like that's crap. Like we don't want to hear anything like comparing Mitchell and Simmons. And this yeah. is like this is a major L right now. Like they're 21 and 5.
3: It sucks. Uh it really sucks because they're playing so well. Uh they're like they're <laughs> all can't lose. insanely good. It's yeah, it's incredible. They're they're also uh, yeah, they're shooting like 40 something percent from three. Like they have like eight guys shooting over 40%. It's insane. Uh, the, the, I, hope, uh I, hope, I hope I hope it cools down a bit, but they are playing really well right now.
1: The Sixers play them on Monday and I'm pretty confident they're going to win, which means they're going to lose. So <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're sort of fucked on
3: that one. You know? On that one. No, I'm I'm a I'm going to be a full-on diehard Sixers fan on Monday then. Love
1: it. <laughs> do you read your mentions you're a big twitter guy do you read the mentions
3: uh probably a little more than i should um Mm -hmm. it depends depends on the day uh but i i I mean i don't have notifications on anything but like i do um sometimes just read the replies to some of my tweets uh yeah i i do read my mentions probably most of the time i would say Um, because we'll cover like the liberty ballers twitter for a game and then at ptsd it's a
1: nightmare we hate it it's awful um, yes. but um, I'm yeah, very you comfortable know. having 400 followers on Twitter. I don't need any, <laughs> yeah, anymore.
3: more is scary. Um, they well, can't if you guys... log
0: in anymore, they don't let me,
3: <laughs> they locked you out. Yeah, it um, must be worse, honestly, as a team, as a team like, uh, um, like a team blog Twitter account or a team website Twitter account. It, right, I feel I like it's probably worse a way. exactly. Like, they, they don't. They were, I, I'm sure you guys got a lot of people replying to that account, like imagining there's no one actually, be, there's no human behind it. Yeah.
2: And the thing is, you can't go back. Like, it's so unprofessional. You can't go back and be like, oh, like, look at this dumb take. Like, I was doing first game of the season. The Sixers played the Wizards. And it was, like, closer than they should. And I was, like, not a great start. Like, like I would have liked them to, like, you know. And, you know, this is just game one. I was, like, trying to overreact or anything. It was, like, you know, not, like, close win against the bad team. Like, would have loved to see them, like, come out, like, a little bit stronger. And someone's like imagine thinking the wizards are gonna be bad this year like everyone knows the wizards are gonna be good this year they're six and 17. but i can't go back and like quote no. that person because there's that's no unprofessional
3: winning. yeah there's no yeah. winning there's no way and so that is the advantage that that i have <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i can be unprofessional and probably right. often am um and <laughs> and yeah i mean i think like it's not like you guys have it worse because i i would say that at this point most of the people who follow me like when i tweet obviously sarcastic tweets like they i think hope most of them recognize it and so i don't get a lot of this shit. it's really the mentions from like people who don't follow me that like, or sure. or yeah or maybe there was a misunderstanding there or like hate my obviously over-the-top Donald mitchell slander oh. <laughs> that's great i will
2: say uh, i will say that i don't just follow shrikar for being excellent on on basketball twitter and this is not the time to get into it but I also follow Shrikar for excellent political views. So um, if you vibe with our uh, very vague politics reference ever on this podcast, then Shrikar <laughs> is also a good follow for you.
1: Appreciate that. Oh. Wow. And one more Just...
0: question quick.
1: I have a
0: question. Oh yeah, go for it. What are... Steve, don't <laughs> cut me off. What? I'm going to lock you
1: out of the account.
0: <laughs> I actually think I know why I am, but that's another story. Um, So I, I'll speak for myself. I'm like an unabashed Homer. So I'm like all in on Joel for MVP as a non with no one with a leg in the race, who would you say is MVP of the league right now?
3: Yeah. uh, Good question. Before, before I give you my answer, let me just go on a mini rant of like, I'm so tired of this Twitter discussion that it happened like every, like a third of my timeline every single day for like the last two weeks we're 25 games into the season has been like people just argue about who is that, who is MVP left and right. I'm like, just what's the, we're, we're not changing anything. Let's just wait till we see more of the season. It'll definitely change, you know, 40 games into the season and 60 games into the season and then the end of the season. So anyway, with all of that said, <laughs> uh, I, I think Joel's number one right now. I'm not just saying that because I'm on this podcast. Um, I think like
0: even if it was, we'd accept it. It's fine.
3: We love the <laughs> I, I'm just sucking up, like, you know, like asking for more invites back. Um, no, I, I think like maybe two weeks ago, there was a stretch where I think right after the Nuggets beat the Suns in two straight games and had a couple other wins, they were maybe like fourth in the West, fifth in the West, and their record was better. And like I was all on at that point, I was uh, on the Jokic MVP train, um, and and then. There have been parts of me this season where I'm like, oh, I could draw to like I I I'm, I am I'm a LeBron fan. Like I I I get it. So I get the arguments for all of them. I think right now though, with them being the number one seed in the East and Joel being taking the leap that he has this year and the numbers he's putting up, I think he's my he's my guy. Because the Lakers, I think people expect them to be the best team in the West. Um mm if not in the regular season, in the playoffs. And I still think they will be. I think LeBron will still be the best player in the playoffs. But it's the regular. It's a regular season award. And uh, I think Embiid's um, been better. I think Jokic, the Nuggets haven't won enough. Um, their record isn't as good as these other teams. So right now, I think Jokic doesn't have as good of an argument. If they start winning more, he will. Uh, same thing with Steph Curry. Um, so in this moment in time, it's Embiid for me. We well,
1: it. I agree. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, I think I think
1: that makes four. I think we agree. <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, again, this will ch- probably change like every single week, which is why we're these, cutting like, that part out. We're cutting that part the only thing they're going to be able
1: to hear is that you said it's beat, so you can <laughs> It's in um, It's in Um guys, do you have anything else either of you?
2: Yeah, all right. Quick thing, quick thing. Um how much mo- th- I'm sure that this was, you know, much cooler than being on NBA desktop. However, how cool was being on nba desktop i always watched nba desktop before uh concepcio left um you know he always had you know cool guests on but you know it's cool to see you on there um how was that experience for you
3: yeah uh this is cooler because i'm on i'm on here roughly like 30 times as long as i was on nba desktop yes. <laughs> so uh it, it is definitely better but um no it was it was cool uh yeah, I mean Jason Conception, he's he's great. Um that show was great. Uh I think Once, they, yeah. always sort of delivered every year. Um I mean every year, every week. Uh so it was a good time. Um, it was fun, I would say. So um it's probably one of the better better things that in my opinion that Ringer's put out. So sad to see. Oh, it. I totally and, agree. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, is awesome. there anything that we can uh get out there for you? Where can people find you? Anything that you'd like to promote, go go right ahead
3: uh yeah i mean not really to be honest um it's just me uh and my and my takes and my occasional um hopefully yeah i appreciate you guys for bringing up that um that sort of donation drive and hopefully we can do more this this year and get more people on nba twitter some some money they need and some help so uh yeah that's it uh my twitter is streaky shooter
1: great well thank you so much for coming on this was super cool of you and uh we're, we're big fans. And so, yeah, thank you so much for coming on to hang out for us. Of course. Yeah.
3: Thanks for having me guys. That was, uh, it was a fun game today. It was, well,
1: it was yeah. a fun
2: loss. I agree. <laughs> I was saying this earlier. I was saying this earlier <laughs> before you came on, but I think that like the Sixers played the Sixers went one and two, but they played three very fun games this yeah. week. And I'm kind of okay with it because it's a lot better than relying on Josh Richardson and Al Horford to take a few threes a game, so <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay that we lost to the Suns are the Suns are legit good. I yeah. before Harden was available, I wanted Chris Paul all off season. Mm-hmm. So it's understandable to lose this game. And I thought I agree,
3: it was a fun game. Yeah, I mean we're all having more fun this year than we did last year or so. Yes, sure. can't complain too much. Well, congrats on the son's success and uh, good luck. I hope you guys make a run. I,
1: I love that team. I think they're great. Yeah, see you in the finals. Yeah, love it. Okay, we'll come back and do this again for a preview. Exactly. Thanks so much, man. Cool. Of course. Yeah. See you guys. See, see ya. ya. Bye. All right. Great game so We play
0: a hypothetical game.
1: Love it. Yes. Oh, I love games.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's not a really a game. Sorry, Dan. Oh, um, man, Emily. We were ta- every time we talk about Harden, it gets me really r- riled up. <laughs> and I just want to, like, not what's like, not game plan, but like, pretend we traded Ben for Harden. What would have happened with Dame on that Portland game? Can anyone tell me? Who would have guarded Dame anyway. What would have happened? We lost the Would we anyway. have won that game? i know but we wouldn't have won it with harden
2: i think we might Do you have. think
0: we would have i don't
2: well if you take ben's best game of the season all right ben at his best and harden at his worst ben is better I'm sure but okay so you agree with it doesn't me. help that's, right. that's that, all i wanted to help. know <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't help that tobias was dreadful and it also doesn't help that no one wants to admit it to steve when steve says so
1: emily this doesn't feel like a game
0: oh we're back to the twitter people
1: this isn't a game.
0: We're back
2: to the Twitter people.
3: I know a game where it was just, I see it was one. just one guy. It was just one guy. It's one one guy, time I, I accidentally
0: it. sent an explicit joke from the Liberty Ballers Twitter and everyone <laughs> got really mad. And so I deleted it and I haven't tweeted since.
1: Is that why you think what you're locked it? out?
0: Uh-huh.
1: What was the joke? What was the joke? I need to hear it.
0: It wasn't it wasn't an intentionally ex- explicit joke. I just like okay. We're I tweeted, gonna need to hear it's the joke.
2: is this like when you asked I, if Steve had a long screw? It's true.
0: Oh my god, no.
1: jokes. <laughs>
0: it, it kind of like that, honestly. I because you can put a screw into a wine thing and then take it out with a that hammer. is what I
1: needed, but
0: <laughs> um, no, Joe Joel was going off and. I tweeted that it's Joe time, but I tweeted Joe in all caps, and apparently that means something else to people on Twitter, not to me.
1: It does? Oh, I don't even know this. this. I'm not into this joke. I don't even understand the entendre. entendre.
0: Okay, good. It's like an acronym for something else. I'm not saying it.
1: Mm. I I need you to say it. Listen, folks, write in I'm not. Can you text it to us,
0: though?
1: No, the NSA is going to read that and arrest us. All right, the only thing we have to do text last it, text year. Text
2: it to us and Steve will say it. Make Steve say it.
0: This is Gastro Blues After Dark. It's fine. It's it,
1: really is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, all right. While while that's happening, um, the Sixers have games this week. Do you know that there is another, there's a Sunday game next week, so it's another Gastro Blues After Dark. Oh. All, all right.
2: right oh, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. I have an example. Dan has a notebook.
0: He's a day planner?
1: Has a yeah, planner. this
2: is everything I have to do in the month of February. It's in this book, but I have an exam next Monday, so you well, guys we'll might have time. to do a post without it.
1: me. Don't worry All about right. it. All right, the upcoming games this week: Monday they play at Utah, Wednesday they're home against Houston and James Harden. No, not anymore. Then Friday <laughs> home against Chicago, and Sunday at Toronto. So. Utah, Houston, Chicago, Toronto. Emily, what do you think happens?
0: God, just to not go say that they'll go four and zero again. I'll say they (laughs) hit a three-game losing streak, though. But Utah is okay. I'll say they lose to Utah and then they win the last three.
2: Okay, Dan. Oh, okay. Wait, can can you repeat these games?
1: Yes, I've had I've had some monkeys. At Utah, <laughs> at Utah, home against Houston, home against Chicago, and then at Toronto. Okay. I'm going to say we beat Utah.
2: We beat Houston. Mm-hmm. We lose to
1: Chicago and we beat Toronto. Three in one that? week from Dan. Um, I. I also feel like I need to take some swings for the fences here because I hear them low in the poll. I'm gonna go four zero. They win each game, but especially Utah, and uh, especially Utah. They especially win that one. <laughs> um, and I think that's it. Do we have anything else on this podcast? Hang on. I'm logging onto Urban Dictionary for a second. <laughs>
2: Oh, this is just like, oh, wait. Oh, okay. It's, it's, the, I have the abbreviation right here. Okay. But listen, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we should be talking about, about sex okay. stuff on on the podcast. So Stephen, <laughs> Stephen, it's up to you. Can I call you Stephen? Can, can I call you Steven? Please do. Can we get yeah. serious? All right. Yeah. Miss, Mr. Mr. Litman, Steve, mm-hmm. Mr. Steven Litman, as the uh, director, of, I don't actually have no idea what your title is, but. As the head of podcasts at Liberty Ballers, Great. this is yes. uh, this is up to your discretion here.
1: We're going to mark it explicit, baby. We can say whatever we want. It's the Wild West. All right. Well, you know what? You're the boss, so I'm going to make you say it. I'm going to send oh. it in the chat here. If I find it inappropriate, I will not say it. And I will that's end why, the podcast. That's like, you're the like boss. Like the Sopranos, you won't hear another thing. I'll just end the podcast. You're the boss. I... That's, why, that's why we leave it to you. All right. Um, will I say it or won't I say it? I'm not sure.